welcome to the Punks in Pubs podcast. My name is Liam Bird. No messing around this week. So this week is episode 20 and it's me talking to one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the British ska punk scene. Episode 20 is me up in Leeds talking to Random Hand's Robin Leach. Uh, Random Hand is a band I've actively supported and followed after first hearing their album Change a Plan in 2007. Uh, the band took a hiatus in 2015, but the band are now playing festival shows. So I jumped on a train, headed up north for a quick hangout with Robin to talk Random Hand past, present and future. You can expect a chat about me and many other people calling the band by the wrong name. Um, Robin talks about his childhood and how Scarpunk saved him from being an angry kid and also brings up his love for Limp Biscuit, kind of. We also both use the podcast as a form of therapy. Um, Robin talks about his passion for politics while trying not to preach his beliefs while on stage you'll also hear stories about being starstruck musical influences and also a great story about king prawns baba luck all this before i had to rush back to lee's train station to get the train back to london as always i handle the podcast to you well I say that. This week is an in-house band, uh, Punks in Pub's very own audio assistant, Stephen Burke. A one-man band uh, will be playing out the show, so stick around for that. But before that, there's this. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you episode 20 of Punks in Pub's, me and Robert Leach of Random Hand. See you in a bit. Straight in the dab at a ready, you know. Where they do and tell the music to go. No attention for anything, ma. Recycled stands are what you came in for. Now I love the beat, but I need to shout. And if you miss the points of the band, then plug in your brain and try to laugh. Come on! Hey, 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 get up the guy and beat. Hey, 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 hey. Now spit a little bit about what I think is wrong. Run along if you can, the hat is out. See a band is alive and it grows and it flows and it shows on the path of sound. It's like it's a white man culture thing. And when the bands can break every style and put it in. When he closed my say Why the beer so beer so scow and I'll find the beer so scow Why the beer so beer so scow and I'll find the beer so scow Why the beer so beer so scow and I'll find the beer so scow Why the beer so beer so scow and I'll find the beer so scow Okay, let's get it started then. So we are sat in a park in a park, it's not even a park, it's, 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 well, it is a park. What would you class a park? Well, it's, it's, this is a traffic island with some grass on it, technically. <laughs> with, with a random barge uh, docked behind us. Um, it's, it's called the Dry Dock, right? It it's is. Called. It is indeed. Plug. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's literally no rivers around here, it's just sat there. And next to it is a nice little uh, park, so we've grabbed a couple of drinks. Uh, I've gone alcoholic, uh, Robin has not. I've already said his name, but I, I saw this on uh, Spotify, which kind of described your band. I don't know if you've seen this. You're described as a scar punk metal bastard band. Bastard, bastard band. band. A bastard, bastard band. Okay. So in the, like, the section that like defines uh, genre, right? It's scar punk, scar slash punk slash metal slash bastard. Uh, that's I, that's probably the most accurate uh, <laughs> adjective, to be honest. It made me laugh. Um, you, you're probably not going to remember this, um, but we, I actually interviewed you before. Uh, when on the phone 
I was quite drunk out on university radio in Luton, and you were playing a weird show that I think you just played like a metal show, right? And you, you came on the phone, and I was like, I had a show going. You went, mate, it was, it was bad. <laughs> they didn't like us at all. And the reason I bring this up is because I was drunk, and at the end, it was a really nice like, interview. You were really kind, and then I went, right, thanks for talking to me, and I call and I called the band Random Head. Instead of random hand, and you so dry just went, it's random hand, <laughs> and then just hung up the phone. And like now, I feel this interview is like my redemption. That's great. Yeah, I, I don't quite. Uh, so, well, first of all, you're not the first person to do that, so don't worry. It's been okay. we've been random head and randoms hands and all sorts of very similar things, and I'm much ruder terms as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, don't worry about that. So the voice you can hear is Robin Leach. Hello. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. You do um, pronounce your last name Leach, right? Leach, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I have, I'm notorious for saying last pe- people's last names wrong. So I call Pat. I'm dis- I'm dyslexic, so sometimes I get if if it's really if it doesn't sound phonetically, I I, I don't pronounce it okay. correctly. Okay. So when I interviewed uh, Pat Fetic, yeah. I went with I'm sat here with Pat Fiatric. And he's like, mate, no. Like, don't jazz on my name. It's, it's, it's pathetic. <laughs> pathetic, pathetic. So, like, fair enough. Anyway. You're back on the money there, but don't worry. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's a bit of a weird one on mine because it's a weird, uh, I believe, Scots Gaelic spelling. Oh, really? Of so, Leech, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that is the, Irish? Scots? So, Scots, you just said Scots. Scots yeah, on yeah. the dad's side, yeah, yeah. Way back. So where, where from Scotland? Uh, Do you know? Aberdeen for Aberdeen. like generations and generations on the dad's side. Way, way back. And then yeah. did, you, did your dad, like, family just go now we're English now um, <laughs> we'll go on the winning side my, my dad was like from what I understand was basically like ah I hear there's I hear there's some work in that there south of England I'll go there <laughs> and he got and, to Leeds and he got some Leeds area well, he went, he, he, sorry I'm not trying to say this is a podcast about my dad this is all already gone <laughs> off of it um, he went down London first and then they came back up here after a few years down there so realised it wasn't I'm, paid I'm the only true Yorkshireman in my family oh, really? Te- technically my mum was born in Yorkshire um, so technically she is as well but I'm really the only archetypal one do you rub that in your family's wounds I know people from this area are very proud there of is, their heritage there is a sort of a yeah there is a very intense patriotism uh, we've obviously played gigs all over the place uh, Yorkshire is the only county name I've ever heard chanted at a punk <laughs> gig I've never heard anyone going Dorset Dorset or Rutland yeah. you know it's, it's so yeah there's a weird sort of regional patriotism well, my dad's from here. Uh, my, my dad is from Leeds and um, my mum is from London. And I just always remember, whenever they used to argue, it was, it was like a fucking pantomime of just accents. It was really weird. Anyway, going, we, we've gone into therapy territory. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine with me. Let's check it all right in the sun. Let's get it all out. <laughs> so, Random Hand, the band that you're known for, come back on a, from a hiatus or break. Yep. How many times have you been asked, what does really a hiatus mean? Because I find it a, quite a funny word. Yeah. We were always very, very upfront about what we wanted to do, and that was that we wanted to have a break from it and then come back in a few years' time when we felt our sort of lives were in a better place to do it again and we had a bit of a break and we could sort of come back with, a, you know, the same sort of passion. and, and I mean, the, the thing we're playing in a band, I mean, doing anything creative, rule 101 is you have to enjoy the act of doing it. No matter, I think, how much you know, money you're getting paid or where you're going or where you're playing. You have, if you don't enjoy it, then you've sort of backed yourself into a very nasty corner that's a very unpleasant place to be. Not that that was the case before we broke up, but it certainly felt like it, there was a bit more sort of tension or pressure or it just wasn't kind of as, as natural and easy thing as it had been previously. 
So the logical thing to do was was to have a bit of a breather from it, go and do some other things, clear our heads a bit, and, and come back to it. And that was always the plan. Um, the amount of people who've kind of, for some reason, took that as, oh my god, they're never coming back ever again, ever. And, well, for Mario's um, put it as like final, yeah, final gig ever. Have to make it clear, we had literally nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> and it's just funny now because when we announced these shows, people were going, oh, we knew you'd come back, and we were like, yeah, we said that. Yeah, that was that was never a secret. That was you didn't do like a hundred reasons that went. This is our final gig, and then literally six months later, actually, we're, we're, you know we're, we're, what? We're yeah, keep playing. yeah, it's it, it's well, you can never tell what the future holds, and it's sort of dangerous territory. I think mm. saying we're never ever going to do this ever again. Not that I want to sort of sort of speak, you know, sort of the ways any other bands do. I think leftover crack have had like <laughs> ten <laughs> last ever 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 tours. I, but to be fair to them though, the fact that Skizzer is still alive, like I'm not, I'm not surprised that they've had so many last ever songs. Oh, the guy's a, a medical marvel. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Uh, but in the two, in the two years you've been away, like it must feel like a lifetime because not just like in your band, but musically the, the landscape has changed so like you have to do these kind of interviews now but like enemies now gone Kerrang supposedly you're going to go monthly it's not going to be weekly mm. and more online orientated blogs now I'm guessing are the ways that bands who are in, in our community can actually get a bit of publicity or yeah. podcasts like have you noticed that even in the two years well to be honest I mean there, there was a sort of an element of all that kind of stuff anyway before we uh, before we stopped but to be honest I mean it's I don't think it's quite the same with us because I think what what we essentially were slash are are, are a, a DIY band who've been very fortunate to get a lot of very good opportunities. We've never sort of been quite in enough of the sort of the lower mainstream echelons to kind of really be affected too much by some of the more mainstream media. Do, do you not actually things. think that? Do you not, not think that at, at a point whereabouts we're going to talk about this later? But like, there was a point whereabouts. I felt Random Hand were flying the flag for UK punk and ska. Like, you were the band. You were touring so much, and you were playing all over Europe. And anyone said, oh, what, what British band do you think we should check out? Right? I always thought Random Hand was there. And, and you were getting in, like, Kerrang! magazine, and I, I can't remember if Big Cheese was still going there, or Rock Sound. Like, you were... You never, yeah, like, I, front cover, but I, you... I mean, were, we're, getting those, we're getting those opportunities, and we're getting that sort of exposure, and that was really cool, but I think it was more sort of... Um, you know, kind of do, doing our thing and having the opportunity to kind of... I was going to say poke our head through those holes then. That's a really weird expression to use. <laughs> but kind of, dip, you know, sort of dip, dip our foot in there every now and then. But, I mean, you know, if people did think of us as the kind of the, the, the flag-flying element of UK ska punk, that's great. But, I mean, at the same time, obviously, UK ska punk is, is, a, is an underground thing, you know. It's, it's kind yeah. of... It's, it's not a... It's not on the same levels as a lot of other... Um, facets of the alternative scene yeah. is, you know what I mean, and it's kind of that's by no means a bad thing at all, I think we were very comfortable to be in that, and I think that was kind of um, mainly our comfort zone but I think we were sort of very much like you know, we were obviously very active and it was always, that was just the, the kind of the, the way we did things, it was totally second nature for us to be that active, and I think whenever we did get things like sort of Kerrang! or, you know, Made of Ale, we were very fortunate enough to do some Made of Ale sessions, which was a, an amazing experience, but I think that was kind of just us kind of almost looking out you know what I mean I remember mm. the first time we went into Made of Ale and just standing in that live room and just kind of trying not to let onto the to the, the the sound guys but kind of just between ourselves being like I'm not sure we should be here <laughs> <laughs> slightly 
possibly it, slightly it out of our depth here. I don't know. Mainville, um, though, has that because there's so many pictures of like, oh, yeah, Beatles, Rolling Stones, fucking ACDC, yeah, uh, Clash, like those kind of pictures just lined up, and you're just walking in going, oh, okay. And the sound guys are like on point. Oh, they were amazing, they were yeah. like really amazing, and I think they sort of. I mean, one of the things that I was sort of very grateful for them to, about them was the fact that obviously we were, you know, like I said, obviously we're not sort of a fraction known or revered as half the people who've set foot in that room, but they they certainly seemed to treat us with the same kind of respect and and, yeah. and looking after us in the same way they would any band. You know what I mean? They were really, really good to work with, very good at sort of putting us at ease, making us feel comfortable, having a good laugh with us, you know. If I'm honest, though, I, I those guys used to enjoy... We, we were kind of talking about yeah, on the way in with, with Mike Davies and the punk show and we were talking about that um, they used to really like it when Mike used to bring bands in because it was something completely different from them with Radio 1 and Radio 2 they had the opportunity to actually they saw it as quite like techie like things can get loud so they're like yeah we love this Like, we, let's try and push the mic let's try and push the amps as hard as we can like for them it was kind of like a proper geek out for them so I, I, I think even it doesn't matter the size of the band for them it was the case of but these bands are something different, so like, yeah. fuck yeah, this is awesome. I don't know if you got that feeling when when. Well, they've said that it probably makes a lot of sense. So they mm. think they, they they yeah they were sort of really uh, really involved, really up for it. I think sort of there was a bit of um if you if you're working in the uh, you know the punk scene and you pull a trombone out of a trombone case, <laughs> the look on the sound guy's face is going to go one of two ways usually. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, but they they seemed quite up for uh, for getting involved with that and. Um, uh, I think it was the third time we did it. We were actually sort of we were very fortunate. We had um, a couple of mates uh, filling out the brass section as well. Um, the, uh, Johnny from JB Conspiracy and Marcy from the Skints, who sort of filled it out, which was really really cool actually mm. to do to do the tunes of a full section. And that I think they quite enjoyed that as well, and having the the rock element and having the a full horn section to work with. Yeah, so it was quite cool. <laughs> Oh, 
we're going to come back to Random Hand in a sec, but I'd like to talk a little bit about you and how you discovered punk or ska or metal or however it, however it came about, because you do have those influences in your, in your sound. So who was it? Who was the person who went, listen to this, and it was the first time you, 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 like music really took hold of you as a person? I think, I mean, I'll, I'll jump about this quite a bit, but um, as a young child, I was very fortunate in that I was exposed to quite a lot of... I mean, my, my parents had a sort of a weird eclectic taste. It didn't ever go anywhere near punk or ska, but, okay. but it was quite an eclectic case. But I had two older brothers who were quite into their rock and metal. So as a very young kid, I sort of had vague, you know, sort of hearing bits of Metallica and whatnot sort of coming out of the bedroom doors upstairs and that kind of thing and being like, oh, that's, that's loud. <laughs> Interesting. Um, there was a mate of mine at school, um, a very close friend of mine, um, Joey, who was probably the first person who sort of introduced me to Kerrang and things like that and it was through him that I sort of found out about bands like it was kind of like the I don't by any means mean this in a sort of derogatory way but the kind of the stock kind of you know your Green Days and Slipknots and you kind of yeah. um, that, that kind of thing Blink-182 that sort of stuff I, see the thing is I've had this conversation before when people talk about like Blink or Green Day I feel they don't get enough recognition for actually how many punk bands they start and then they progress into what would probably be seen as more punk than those, those two bands yeah. and I feel I, I always see Dookie and uh, American Idiot as two albums that are that should never ever be looked down on because they've, they've introduced so many fans into our, oh, yeah. Into Absolutely. our genre yeah, yeah. yeah sorry I just but, wanted no, to no, not at all. Um, but yeah it was just, it was just the, the sort of the kind of I, I use the word stock because it sort of seems like the route that everyone who gets into any kind of alternative music yeah. goes through you all kind of go through the same gateway as it were and then you find your own little things within that um, so yeah then, then uh, when, when we moved schools we met a few more guys who were sort of into similar things and that sort of you know broadened out a bit more and it was again it was the kind of the, the big Kerrang stuff of the day I cannot for the life right it's the first ska punk song I ever heard was either and I can't remember which came first but it was either Superman by Goldfinger yeah or Symptomatic by Voodoo Glow Schools. Okay. And I can't remember which was first. Was it from a computer game? It was... F- well, because I remember, um, obviously, um, Superman was on Tony Hawk's. Yeah. Which we used to... We played that to death. Yeah. Um, it was quite funny, actually. We were talking about Slam Dunk on the way up here, because a few years ago I was up here at Slam Dunk, and it was literally like it was Tony Hawk's Fest. <laughs> I think there was four bands in a row who had songs... Well, have you seen the, the Scar the 10 they've got this year? No, no. It's like... Oh, no, I've seen, I've seen yeah. the lineup. yeah. Goldfinger, so, yeah, yeah. Fish, yeah, 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 uh, totally, Skins, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. 15-year-old me, his head would have rolled off at that, I think. Well, I, I still get that, though, yeah. and that's why I do still love Robic Fish. They're, they're my... No, you should never have a guilty pleasure, but Robic Fish are my guilty pleasure, just because every time I go to their gig, I just... I, I fucking love it. To it's be fair, they are fun. fantastic. Live and they've and I, I mean for me I don't know if it's more of a nostalgia thing I do really enjoy the songs yeah I don't know if it's because I was a sort of a ska punk nerd when I was younger um, but I, you know I, I do have a, a soft spot for the songs and they are brilliant live um, so um, and they I mean shortly after listening to those songs you know they were the one and then it was like them and Less Than Jake were the yeah. two so the, the two big ones yeah but it's it's, a, it's really weird. Obviously, like, ska punk as a genre has a bit of a Marmite thing going on. <laughs> you, you either think it's the most amazing thing ever or you can't stand it. Yeah. It's the general thing. I mean, there's probably a few exceptions to that, but that was sort of very much, I remember thinking that. I remember think, even meeting a few smattering of like-minded people who were like, oh, my God, horns in punk bands, wow! Mm-hmm. Or people were just like, 
what is why are they doing that no what place yeah, no exactly. place for horns. no thank you no thank you get that way um, but I just absolutely fell in love with it you know what I mean I don't think I've ever taken to any genre so much as I had as when, when I first got into ska punk and I, I think it was the kind of the I think it was just the right combination of things I mean I got into punk because obviously I was a an angsty frustrated teenager and punk seemed to have the sort of the right I was I've always sort of um, you know I had a lot of anger issues when I was younger and punk seemed like an incredible way of channeling those anger issues as it is for a lot of people you know what I mean it's a, mm. it's a, it's a positive outcome of what is initially potentially quite a negative thing Can, and, sorry I just wanted to quickly interject yeah. because I I, the town that you grew up in is a town that's just outside of Bradford, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have this theory that, and I, I spoke about this a little bit earlier for the past episode with uh, Joe from Idols. He came from Swindon, mm. and I came from a town called Newark. And from what I know about your town, it kind of seems like the same vibe, as in everything closes at 11, nothing's really open on a Sunday, and you have no way to release. And... Like yourself, I had anger issues growing up. I was a bit of a dick of a child or teenager. And I, I legitimately feel that the environment that we're brought up in contributes to the person that you become. So if you don't have an outlet, you're going to have that aggression. So I just wanted to interject and see if you agree with that because you were kind of going into... You, you were kind of an angry child. Do you think that played a part in the town that you grew up in? Like, Do you think you would have been the same child if you were brought up in Leeds? No, I don't think I would. I think you've hit the nail on the head with the sort of the, the idea that it's a very closed off place, if that makes sense. That's the thing, though. Yeah. So we, so we, I, I actually grew up in a village called Howarth, which is just outside of Keighley, which is where we were sort of based as a band. Um, but that, yeah, that whole area was very much kind of. It's a bit of a weird one because it is very quiet. It's very off the beaten track. But there's a lot of creative people there. Okay. And there's a lot of creative people because. If you want creativity, you make it yourself. You know what I mean. If we if we ever wanted to go and see, we'd, we'd sometimes go to Bradford. If it was a, a bigger band on tour, we'd have to come through here to Leeds. Um, but it is very much one of those places where you had to kind of make your own outlets and your own vehicles for those kind of things. So I would totally agree with that. Um, I think that was a huge part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you kind of your, your environment does. Well, it's a bit of. A, in some ways it doesn't in some ways it doesn't because I think in this day and age musically I think everyone's on a level pegging because you because it's so easy to have access to to all, to all kinds of music you know yeah. what I mean I mean bar from the fact that yeah, granted if I'd have grown up in Leeds maybe I'd have accidentally seen a few more bands that I wouldn't have seen coming from that area you know but in terms of getting hold of the music that I wanted to listen to it was probably in just as good a stead um, but in terms of the backdrop I mean obviously being from that area I think influenced a lot of our uh, lyrically influenced us um, the early stuff in particular um, and I think just having that frustration of being in a place where you felt kind of closed off maybe did add, maybe did add to that um, but like I say it's kind of in, in some ways it's almost a blessing because it kind of forces you to be creative and, and forces you to kind of have the outlet and you know obviously it was, it was there was a lot of DIY gigs and a lot of gigs in, in pubs yeah. and the, you know where the locals sat at the back not enjoying the racket that the <laughs> sort of local skater kids were making and that kind of thing so do you think um, there is going to be that hindrance then now whereabouts because we, you just stated that kids now 
can go online. Like that, that's their outlet. That's their community. Mm. You don't have to go find it. You can just click Google. And you, your community is there. Yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, I think I, I kind of do. I mean, I, I actually I remember very distinctly. I remember um, Dave from Big D, the kids' table, talking about this, and he was sort of talking about how when he started touring, you know, you 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 get this list of you get the you'd literally get a phone book and you'd go into a phone booth. And you spend an hour in the phone booth calling these venues and talking to them first hand, and and it was a much more kind of like, uh, for want of a better word, sort of you know, uh, practical in that you had to kind of physically be involved with these things. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's obviously not quite. It's not like that now. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And and back in the day, you'd have to, you'd, you'd have to know about these venues and go to these venues and know about these other bands, and kind of that was the only way you saw it. And Whereas nowadays, obviously, it's a wonderful thing that anyone can just form a band and immediately put their stuff online and immediately have, have people listen to it and make a video that they can immediately put online and um, obviously just get in touch with venues that way and, and other people in the area that way. and um, That's kind of cool. Whether or not that sort of takes away the sense of community of it, I don't know, to be honest. Because mm. obviously I, did, you know, I didn't really see it as much kind of how it was pre that way of doing things. first gig you went to then and, and like punk or scar and what was your feeling when you first got there like seeing i'm gonna talk about myself the first gig i went to was quite i was quite scared because there was fucking big off guys running a circle pit people smashing into each other or if it was a scar show it's a lot of sweaty people uh shirts off some of them look like goddesses or gods and like the proper kicking up a storm and that confidence to go, ah, oh, fuck it, I, I can own this. And like, you go in, you're fucking in the middle and you start skanking or you start pushing people around. I feel for anyone who's in our, in our genre, that first step is a huge moment in your punk... Um, I don't know what right word, but yeah, punk whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know to what extent I was intimidated, but I mean, I think the thing for me was, and again, this is probably to do with the fact that we came from this small out of the way town was that whenever we'd sort of go to gigs elsewhere be it Bradford be it here be it Manchester or something like that at that age because obviously alternative music is in the grand scheme of things especially if you're from a quiet out of the way town it's a bit of a niche thing so I just remember getting very excited meeting and seeing other people who were into the same things Mm. do you know what I mean going somewhere where there's suddenly great swathes of people who are wearing band t-shirts of the same bands you like and who are into the same things and who are, you know, dressing that way or whatever was just initially, was just very, very exciting more than anything else. Um, it was really cool to see that there's, like, other pockets of people who were into that because, like I say, coming from where we came from, you know, 
you knew everyone who was into that. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, it was a handful of people who were into that scene, and you knew all of them because it was a small town. Not that that's a bad thing, but it was kind of cool to be able to leave Instagram and go like, oh, no, this is actually much bigger than we thought. You know, there's much more... Um, that horizon keeps getting pushed further and further back. And the other distinctive thing I remember, just getting into getting into the scene and going to those early gigs, was just how kind of at home and how welcoming that it was. You know what I mean? And to this day, I mean, I've, I've sort of... I mean, we've all gone off and sort of done other things and been, been involved with other things, but, I mean, you know, the... the alternative scene and specifically the punk scene has always just been an incredibly welcoming place you know what I mean yeah. I've, I've kind of I've been to sort of other events or particularly when I was younger if I was going out to the kind of clubs that weren't that kind of thing which were more the mainstream sort of clubs I just sort of felt very on edge a lot of the time and if I've, if I've you know on the sort of whatever reason if I've been to those kinds of things in the years since I've always sort of felt a bit Weird about a bit part. They can smell me. Yeah, there's a weird sort of, there's just a weird kind of tension about it. I mean, uh, it's sort of, we've played literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of punk gigs, and in all those gigs we've played, I've I've ever seen sort of like hassle or trouble anything like a handful of times. Yeah, so few and far between, and it's one of the things I really love about punk is it is just such a, um, it is a proper community of people. You know what I mean? And it's kind of I've never really been involved in anything else where you kind of make friends and make sort of connections that quickly and that easily, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not just from us doing it, but just from from seeing it happen with other people, you know what I mean? And um, It's one of the things I love about playing, I'm going to try and sound too cheesy here, but one of the things we really love about playing geese is it's kind of, you know, we, we, we do get people being in touch who sort of say, oh, it's, you know, I just want to say it's, it's cool to come and see you guys, you know, I, I, I met my partner at one of your gigs or, you know, we, we all met at one of your gigs and that's, it genuinely, I sort of don't have. It, it, that's an incredibly humbling and um, really nice thing to be a part of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of I've never really seen that to the same extent or happen as easily anywhere else as I have done in the punk scene. Really. Do you think that's so? Because punk is a massive genre, unless you are the Green Days, the Rise Against, those mm. kind of bands. Is it because they they're not they don't seem distant? You can go yeah, to a show and you, you can talk to them in the car park. Yeah, it's totally. That kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's all and it's. I mean, sometimes even with those bigger bands who run that sort of thing, that you know, it's, it's very it is very approachable. You know what I mean? And you can go. And I think obviously the whole the whole kind of point of punk when it started was that the whole point of the DIY ethos was that there there wasn't meant to be a separation between the people who were on stage and who were going to the gigs you know what i mean the idea was that anyone could just pick up a guitar and go and do it themselves yeah. and that's exactly what happened and i think i think maybe some people going to the gigs kind of forget that you know what i mean they kind of you, you know you you sort of 14 15 years old and you're turning up at a gig in your your, your favorite band's hoodie and you're watching this band and you're going, oh wow these guys are oh these you know you sort of uh, yeah i did that with the bands i loved yeah. and it took me a while to realize well no they were exactly where we were at one point and they were doing that with the bands they loved and it's a kind of an ongoing thing and you never really kind of forget that you know have you been in a position though where because obviously you played a lot of festivals and you play with some of like the mega stars of punk music yeah. and we've both been fortunate enough where we have been backstage where you can have that interaction have you yeah. ever gone I, I love you that <laughs> like, kind of I've, I, I, I don't like a minute but yeah I, I've been prone to sort of being a bit starstruck and stuff like that um 
I've, I've, luckily, I've never sort of kind of gushed to that extent. Or yeah. Anything. Um, but it's, I mean, for us, it's a weird one because we. Um, because there is that sort of lesser distance between those bands you look up to and the bands that are upcoming, I've been very fortunate in that a lot of the bands that I absolutely loved and went crazy for. Well, I mean, I say I'm saying it past tense. I still I still do have a lot of respect for these bands, obviously. But the bands that really got me excited about this genre when I was getting into it, and who were a huge influence on on Random Hand, and who sort of were a, a huge part of it. Happened. We've, you know, crossed paths with the vast majority of them. Most of them, you know, sort of a good 80, 90 percent of those bands who were helped random you know in, in terms of being an influence made random hand become what it is yeah i've had the opportunity to be in a room with those people and chat to them and that is an incredible thing and something that's easily forgotten and they have just been very very down to earth people and very sort of kind of and I've, I've said to these people you know i've just i've chatted to them about the gig or everything and i just want to say you know you were a, a huge influence in doing what we were doing and they've just been very almost kind of matter of fact about you know not kind of there's never been any sort of pretension or any kind of like oh well of course you are you know we're amazing it's kind of it's almost like part of a lineage you know they've kind yeah. of gone you know well yeah you know, bands did that for us and we've yeah. we just formed a band and we've played and you've liked what we've done and you've done the same thing and um, you know if bands ever did that with Random Hand that would be a, a, a cool thing and it'd be just nice to be a part of that kind of line but that's the weird thing for me I think it's just all those sort of bands that I listened to and went right I'm going to pick up my trombone or guitar and, and write a song and go out and do these things to be to to in some cases have those bands go out of their way to come to us and say like oh thanks for playing with us tonight we really enjoyed yeah. you that's that's a, a really amazing thing but again I think that's some I mean I, I can't say for any certainty that's unique to the punk scene because I haven't really played in any other scene but I think it's kind of it certainly seems like that barrier is, isn't there as much doing this kind of music I think we'd be remiss not talking about politics when mm-hmm. we're talking about Random Hand is politics coming from you or is it someone else in the band well I am responsible for the lyrical output of Random Hand and the other guys very kindly let me <laughs> let me do that <laughs> yeah. let me, I sort of feel like I have to do that as well because as I explained earlier I'm sort of not as on it with a lot of the organisational stuff <laughs> so I feel like I have to pull my weight in some way <laughs> so I sort of kind of get away with well you know because I'm doing a lot of writing I can get away with not emailing this person or whatever yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but um, it's always been a bit of a weird one to be honest because I'm going to pick my words carefully here quite quickly into writing lyrics I got very conscious of the fact that what I didn't want to do was sort of preach in any way or tell people what they should be thinking or kind of at the, at the end of the like I think having a lyrical platform is good because you've got a platform in which people can listen to you and it's really cool to listen to a song that you like and then listen to the lyrics and kind of go oh that's going to get me thinking about this thing which I'd never considered before um, but at the end of the day I am very conscious of the fact that we are a band and our principal job is to play music yeah you know and that is that is what we do if people want the extra layer I mean, I've always, I've always been very, very... Um, not to say that other bands haven't, but I mean, I've always sort of taken the use of lyrics very seriously. I've always spent a lot of time... I've always thought very carefully about what each song's going to be about. I've thought exactly to what extent I want to try and explore the subject matter of each song. I pick my words very carefully. Um, I, t- I will. I'll, I'll write a song and I'll go back and I will change two individual words in the line because it might edge slightly more to the point I'm trying to get and I'm very very kind of strict with that and that's something I've, I, 
arguably that's the kind of thing that I take most seriously anyone who's seen Random Man Live will know that I'm just a bit of an idiot really especially when I'm allowed <laughs> to open my mouth um, so like the, the, the lyrical content is something which I've always been very very kind of strict on and yeah. delve into quite a lot I've for me it's always been a kind of point of I'd, like I say I don't want to kind of preach I don't want to go it's like this and you should be thinking this I've more kind of gone for kind of like exploring something if that makes sense a lot of the stuff I write is almost like kind of little condensed three minutes of kind of story about something if that makes sense you know what I mean so I'm always slightly wary about using the term political I mean that's stupid because if you listen to it obviously a lot of it is just out and out political yeah. by the very definition yeah, of the yeah. word I've just wanted, I've wanted to be very careful with how that comes across you know what I mean because I think the last thing I'd want is for someone to kind of listen to one of our songs and go like oh he said that therefore I should think that yeah that's not, I don't want that to happen at all you know what I mean that's, it's not, I'm not qualified to do that you know I'm not qualified no one's qualified to do that yeah. do you know what I mean but I'm, it's you know I don't stand on a soapbox and go like okay guys follow me in the battle you know I just no just here's my opinion yeah take yeah. it or don't. here's my opinion here's what I think about this yeah you know I mean to be honest a lot of the times as well is I actually kind of use I don't know if I should be admitting this but I kind of use the opportunity to write songs as, as kind of a bit of therapy you know what I mean I kind of use it as a chance to sort things out in my own head that I'm thinking about something and that's I mean this is one of the things I always say about any form of sort of artistic expression the whole point of art in any form is that you're expressing something that you can't articulate conventionally with words that's the whole point of it that's why it exists yeah you paint something like that because you can't say that with words you write you do that piece of music and you say it like that with those lyrics in that way because you can't sit down and say it you know what I mean? So a lot of the time, I, it, it's sort of halfway between me being inspired by a subject matter and wanting to look into that, and then sort of with a bit of my own kind of anxieties about something or or my interests about something kind of mixed in with that. Um, if that wasn't a sort of convoluted enough answer, by the way, I can try, <laughs> I can try and do something a bit more, a bit more around the houses. Choices being made And told they should be sweating more than what they're being paid So they stop the productivity And push against the plans You know they're not machines When you're converted with demands The people should report it Because we can't afford it I took a knock at five grand Now I'm fucked I've got kids to keep You know a family don't come cheap You try to take it too far Now the both of us are stuck Let's talk about Random Hands. Yeah, oh, forget Random Hands. Uh, <laughs> so, how, how young were you when you all decided to... Well, we were sort of... When the initial incarnation of the band... I mean, we knew each other from, like, the age of 16 or whatever. Yeah. I think I, most of us was... I think three of us were 17. Tilson was 18, I think, when we actually formed Random Hand. The first incarnation. It was, it was sort of... It was... Matt, our original guitarist, was a school friend of mine. 
Tilston we knew from school he was the year above um, and then our friend Dimmers was in another he went to a different school <laughs> the, the, sort of the rival school yeah, in yeah, Thomas yeah. but he was uh, he, he was in um, the park fuck you up yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah what holy family what yeah. <laughs> yeah, suck. I don't know why we're all cockney suddenly all around. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah so he, he played in another band and then it, I think it, it just kind of circumstance happened that we'd all finished playing in bands about the right time so yeah. we kind of got together and started playing together the initial incarnation of Random Hand if you'd heard any of our music in the first year couple of years you'd been playing you would not have recognised it as Random Hand whatsoever it was a t- it was like it was basically a sort of a it was a sort of a naff pop punk band with a trombone <laughs> and it was crap it was terrible I'm trying I to mean, think of a really shit pop punk band with a trombone now that I can compare <laughs> compare it to yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean I'm glad we did that because you can't, I mean you know you have to go through those kind of things to find what you're about you know what I mean I've written a lot of songs in my time and the vast majority of them have probably been dog shit but you kind of have to do that to kind of get to the stuff that you feel proud of, you know. Yeah. Um, I look forward to Dog Shit Diaries. Dog Shit Diaries, yeah. Dad. But I mean, yeah, if you ever heard any of that initial stuff, I mean, it was kind of, it was just, yeah, it was it was very, it was a lot of exploring going on, I yeah. think, is the, is the easiest way to describe it, as I think a lot of bands do in the start, and you kind of need to, to find what you're about. Originally, I wasn't the, the, the lead vocalist. It was sort of shared between Tilston and Matt, and I would occasionally really badly rap um, in, like, breakdowny bits. Um, Did you want to be a rapper? Was that what? Like, no, not no, well. No, it was more kind of like I think it was because I really liked the rappy bits I'd heard in like sort of punk and metal songs of that ilk when they'd done it. It sounded really cool. Fred Durst. And it's okay. We can is admit, it okay? Is it comfortable? Is it okay? Space is safe. Is it okay to say that? Safe space. Did we do? Yeah, admittedly, we do. We we do. There's a bit of biscuit played in the van every now and then. Not the greatest lyricist that's ever lived, I have to say. Can't really get on board with that. Um, Free Dollar Bill, y'all, is yeah. a good album. I, won't, I, I will argue anyone who says Free Dollar Bill is not a good, good album. <laughs> no, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. But I, th- I think in terms of influence, it was more the kind of... The more sort of breakdowny bits from the likes of Cap Down and King Prawn, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, those, yeah. those were, were kind of really exciting. But also that coupled with the fact that I have always been, and to this day, I'm not a gifted singer, shall we say. Um, you hold your own. I'm quite a, n- not a particularly good on that front. So for me, it was just a kind of a way of being able to, you know, kind of say things and have those lyrics and kind of it was kind of a vehicle to be able to do that, which I think is why I started doing that. You, you mentioned King Prawn, so I feel like I should talk about Babalak. Please do. Uh, Babalak, obviously, um, I say obviously, people might not know Babalak. Um, did some recordings with you on um, I'm going to have to look at my laptop because I'm really bad with names Inhale Exhale is that right? or was it um, they were actually they were originally done as like their own thing okay. and then they were added to the re-release of Inhale Exhale okay it's like sort of a bonus well one of them was um, so, as a, sort of a bonus so Babalak is actually quite an interesting character he's quite intense yep how did you find him? well it, I mean I think it was interesting talking about like the sort of starstruck thing earlier because mm. I think there was possibly a bit of King Prawn were obviously a huge yeah. one of the influences on Random Hand. Um, Barbar was obviously this very distinct character on yeah. stage. So to actually meet him in person, I literally didn't know what to expect. I didn't. I have no. I had no idea what. You know, some people you kind of see him on stage and you kind of you get an idea of what they're, you know, like personally. Off, yeah, yeah. personally off the stage and stuff. Barbar was kind of like, what is this guy? I've <laughs> ne- literally never seen anyone anything like it. You know, this is. And to meet him, you kind of realise that he is. He's a, he is a very genuine guy, you know what I mean? 
and he's a very nice guy to talk to and he, he has the way I always described him he has a bit of a sort of a He's one of life's philosophers. Do you know what I mean? The word I always think of whenever he is a philosopher. He's yeah, a modern day philosopher. He absolutely is. You know what I mean? You talk to him, but not in a kind of a in a in a genuine way. You know what I mean? It's, you meet people every now and then who are just genuinely poetic, yeah. and they're not doing it to kind of seem cool or seem hipster or whatever. They're, they're doing it because that is how they intake the world and process it, and then regurgitate it and he is genuinely one of those and it is he's one of those people where I could just sit and listen to him for an hour yeah, and just listen to how he describes the world and how he describes everyday situations and he's got a very distinctive sort of way of talking and, and you know there's a very kind of there's a sort of a, lat- a, a sort of a natural lyrical lilt to yeah. the way he talks about the world but it was a genuine pleasure like to, like talking to him and, and to hearing him process stuff um, in the practice room he is an absolute slave driver I can tell you that I've never met I've never like we have never played music that intensely before ever in any guys you know what I mean and he is he is we, you know we, when we were practicing those songs before playing them we went in and it is literally like it's just back to back you play it right let's try it doing this okay you play it let's try it with this ending you play it and you just do the same thing solidly for an hour and a half you know what I mean which is not how we're used to working <laughs> as a band Generally speaking, you know what I mean. It's you play a couple of songs and then you chat about Star Wars for a bit or whatever, and then you then you half-heartedly play a few more songs and then go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if if that bit was twice as long? And then you get distracted for half an hour and then you play that bit, doing that bit twice as long. And so he's he's a very he's a very committed musician. Yeah, say that, and a very dis- a very 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 disciplined musician. Um, which is cool. It's cool to see that. You know, I'm I'm going to jump because yep. I'm very aware of time and also. Sorry. Um, no, 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 don't, no. don't apologise. Um, and also, well, I wrote a lot of questions so just because. I think just being out in the sun has got me excited. That's what it is, <laughs> well, it? we are in the north, so yeah, this is like very a fucking rare. rarity. People right. are literally. We look around. People are literally staring up, worshiping this, yeah, this fire. We've, we've this crawled sky. out of the coal mines, and <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't talk about coal mines with a guy from Nottingham because we just get no, scab. Yeah, so true, true. We can't talk about that. <laughs> there you go. History for people from America who are listening to this. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Google. So I, I'm, I've got a train. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, no, not now, but right. like, I, I like. Anyway, no one knows time on podcasts, but yeah, <laughs> I'm just very aware of uh, questions that I'm now picking. So I'm kind of like filtering through. But this is one I actually really do want to ask you okay. because during 2000, you kind of said early mid 2000s, so 2010, 2011, 2000, actually early 2010, 2011, 2012. You guys were constantly on the road and you were playing a lot so I'm guessing that's when the band became full time it was actually I think it was 2008 okay we, well I mean there's sort of phases really but I think yeah I mean it was basically from sort of 2007 things really started to pick up and we yeah. found our real coming from what we were about and then it was sort of 2008 onwards that we really started hitting it hard and it kind of became our lives kind of thing so how scary was that like as a band you collectively gone this is our career now we need to make this work it wasn't scary in the slightest no? because um, because we uh, as happens with a lot of bands like us who come out of the, the DIY thing and who start doing it because they just want to make a racket yeah. is it's a gradual slope it's not like it's not the sort of rock star dream of you play and then some random guy from a record label sees you and then suddenly it's it was a it was a, a, a gradual climb you know what I mean and we had years of you know be going to college or uh, working whatever part-time jobs or temp jobs and then yeah. building it up and getting used to doing it you know what I mean finding our feet and it um, so when it when it finally came to doing full-time it was just kind of 
you know, we were just spending more time in service stations. That's all it really was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind of. I don't think there was any kind of. It, fe- it felt very, very natural. But it wasn't. I, it wasn't daunting. It wasn't. But it's still a job, though. And I think people forget about that. It is. It is a job. It, it is. Yeah. But again, I think just because we were eased into it so much, it yeah. just didn't feel like that. It was. Just, it was just what we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Granted, it was how we were paying our rent or whatever, and how we were feeding ourselves. But it was just. It was just what we. The second H is what you do. You pick up your instrument, you get in the van, and you go and Play shout at some, shout yeah, at some yeah, people yeah. and make jokes on stage. And yeah. So I mean, there was a point where about twenty was it twenty twelve, and then there was a gap to twenty fifteen when you put, when you didn't put out an album. Am I right in saying that? With timeline wise. Yes. So during that time, you think now? Yes. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, during that time, do you, looking back, do you regret not putting something out as soon and kept the momentum going, or was the band already? Coming to its end, wits end, like there was always that doubt. Really. I mean, I mean, I'd, there was after the th- after the third album, Saving. I had to think about the name of the album. That's ridiculous. Well, I was about to go. I was about to go. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, after, so the the potential a, a little time after that, there potentially was a bit of pressure to kind of think about it. But I mean, we had you know we had another member change, and one of the reasons for for doing hit reset was we just wanted a snapshot of that incarnation of the band, you know yeah. what I mean? It was partly because we knew we were going to be taking a break and we knew we sort of wanted to kind of... a, a note to leave on, as it were. But at the same time, we also wanted to kind of capture what the band was at that moment. That was quite a... Uh, quite important. He's excited about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was... Uh, so that was the main important thing. But, but no, I don't... I mean, for me personally, I can't speak for the other guys in the moment. For me personally, I, I had no qualms with the the output of albums that we did yeah. you know what I mean and to me it felt like a sort of a, the right amount of stuff to do at the time and if anything I think we maybe did slightly more than we, we kind of expected I know that sounds a bit daft with only sort of four studio albums but I'm glad that sort of because all those albums came about quite naturally yeah you know I mean? obviously we were, we were on the road all the time so you need to do an album to do on tour but they, they sort of came together quite naturally and they were written from quite a natural place so I'm just really glad that we can be proud of everything we've put out. I think that's the main important thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I, and I am really proud of, of, of those albums. They sort of, you know, kind of on rare occasion we go back and look at I mean, it's a bit embarrassing actually. When we came back to do this stuff, we did actually have to listen to our own stuff quite a lot. <laughs> is that, is there a bridge coming there? Is that the riff there? Is that the, no, that happens. All right, okay. Um, it's a bit of a weird thing to have to do with your own music. But, um, oh, well, that was actually one of my questions. Of how hard is it actually to get back in the rhythm? Like, once you have been away for a while, was it like, Oh yeah, I remember this. When we got back in the practice room, to be honest, to start with, it was just a bit of a novelty. <laughs> Having not done it for two and a half years, and so kind of we stood there and looking at each other, kind of going, oh, "This is, this is weird and cool." <laughs> um, and it was literally just like there was literally a vibe of just like, "Well, let's just start playing the songs and see what happens." Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was a lot of kind of it was it was really funny to kind of play the tunes and. You know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever, and then get to a build-up, and then everyone just kind of really tentatively look at each other, kind of going, <laughs> "What's next? Let's dive in and see if it comes about." Um, I'll tell you something: the amount of stuff that we we remembered a lot more than we thought we would. But obviously, we've played those songs hundreds of times. To- you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, those songs are ingrained in our like DNA. Muscle memory. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? They're just they're just in there. A lot of that stuff. So once we'd blown the cobwebs off, you know what I mean? It was kind of it was just a really cool thing. It was really cool to kind of realise how much we, we remembered to be honest in terms of actually playing the gigs and again I don't know how the other guys would feel but to me it didn't feel like two years at all it felt 
when we got back on stage it felt like we hadn't you know it was last week that we last played it, it genuinely yeah. and again I think that's just because we'd done it so much you know what I mean it, it's just second it's kind of second nature and to me it didn't feel like there'd been a gap at all so that break seems like it came out of perfect time for you guys but do you remember do, I only asked this because I read a really good interview uh, with Joe your basis where basically talks yeah, the, about the moment the good ones are with him to be honest <laughs> the waffly ones are with me <laughs> he talks um, about that's sad, sure that's not true uh, he talks about a moment whereabouts that you did a show and he came off stage and he went to your merch guy and the merch guy just went that was shit and he knew at that moment like yeah. we need a break yeah. do you remember a time was that the same time or do you remember a moment where you're going <laughs> this is not working what are we to, doing to be honest I know exactly the gig he's talking about <laughs> and to be honest I I actually had I think it was just because I was having a really good night <laughs> I don't remember it being that bad and I sort of remember them talking about it I mean like oh that didn't feel right and I was like really wasn't that alright okay I mean I trust those guys opinion if they're saying that then I'll, I'll you know I'll trust them um, but I think it was just because I was enjoying myself so much I was like I came off kind of like oh that was fun yeah. what oh it was shit oh dear alright okay <laughs> um, yeah I mean I think it's just sort of a fairly fairly obviously it just goes back to what I was saying earlier I mean if there's anyone in bands listening I would just say rule 101 is just make sure obviously you know what I mean be motivated put the effort in do stuff but make sure you want to do it make sure it's natural you know what I mean mm. if something's don't force something for the sake of it if it's if you're having fun and it's feels, it naturally feels good great do it but don't kind of work with that and I think maybe there was there was that sort of feeling of like maybe it kind of wasn't in the same place you know we'd been naturally before I mean for me personally certainly and I did it you know, I, I kind of I feel a bit bad for the other guys. You know what I mean? Because I sort of the bottom line is when you're in a band, there is a kind of a certain amount of pressure or expectation to be on the same page. And for me personally, I kind of got to the point where I wasn't kind of feeling that as much. Yeah. And above everything else, I just felt bad for the other guys. You know what I mean? And, and it sort of did. I've had sort of bouts of feeling like I've let them down or all the rest of it. You know what I mean? But again, it's just the, the the sad truth of the matter is, you know, if that's how you feel with something, that's how you feel with something. It's, I don't resent the band I don't be grudgy I just kind of get into different places in my head or I kind of, kind of sort of feel like I do have a, the other thing I'll say about being in a band is this if you get into a band and you start doing a lot of stuff like we did we were very very active we did, yeah. a, we did a lot of things and you get into a sort of a Frankenstein's monster scenario whereby it becomes you may have you, you were there at the inception you helped create it but it becomes bigger than you'll ever be. Do you know what I mean? It becomes a bigger thing than, than you. You kind of you kind of don't matter in comparison yeah. to what the band becomes, and it, that can be a bit daunting in a lot of respects. Do you know what I mean? And you kind of have to live up to that. And for me, it's very very important that random hand is always a good thing. I would absolutely, I would the, the thought of someone going to watch Random Hand and walking away from the gig going, oh, then yeah, I didn't really feel that. They were, you know, they're not as good as they used to be. That would crush me. <coughs> Misfits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, lovely day we're having. Um, but you know, it, 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 that's important. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I never want to be in a situation where we're doing it just because... Because of the peer pressure or because we're expected to play the gigs or for the money. You know what I mean? I want... Random hand has to be good life. Well, it has to be good in, in, in any guys. It, ha- it has to be... You know, I and I think that's part of it for me is I always have to feel like I'm in the right place to do it. Yeah. Because if I if I go into it kind of half-heartedly or feeling like oh you know I'm not quite up to this today, then for me there's no point in doing that. I'd rather people not see the band than not see the band be what it should be. 
100%. I kind of don't see the point otherwise. Well, I mean, we're coming up to an hour and uh, my train's going to pull into the station. So we're going to have to wrap this up, unfortunately. But I want to I ask about, like, what is Random Hang moving forward? Because at the moment, you've got a lot of festival shows booked in. Is that what Random House is going to be? You're just going to play festivals and play those shows? Because everyone's now got their own careers. That two years seems to be whereabouts people have seemed to have found themselves in what they want to do. Like you're doing your acting. I understand Joe. Joe is obviously doing his podcast and he's also... Um, I read earlier and I completely forgot what else he's doing. But basically all the other members have got... like One of the members have got a gin thing going on or something? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of... A lot of- lot of things <laughs> so i mean so, so what is what can people get excited thinking they're gonna are oh, you guys gonna go on tour again or is it slow your roll <laughs> it will be about but don't expect much to be honest i don't know um you know what i mean i kind of can't but what do you want oh now you're asking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean obviously it, it, it would it would be great to put something else out that'd be great to sort of write again to, to sort of have a, another chapter as it were to put something else out that but obviously that kind of you know I, I think we'd all like to facilitate that happening but again like sort of with what I was saying earlier those sort of things kind of have to happen naturally you know what I mean yeah and I'd want it to kind of live up to the previous stuff do you know have what you mean? been writing no no just no. Not. Not, I mean for me, I personally haven't written anything since hit reset you know what I mean um, just because I've not been in the frame of mind to do so, I guess. So I've not kind of, or, or you know, things I've gone through have been put into sort of a, sort of areas. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the moment, obviously, we just wanted to get back into playing gigs again and to to kind of do what we did before. In in that respect, it would be really cool to have that extra chapter and have that next thing, and hopefully that would that should come about. But I mean, the thing is, we're all just really trying to be kind of relaxed about it. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the sort of the main thing. We're trying to kind of it's like first date time. Where everyone's like really trying to be, yeah, yeah cool. just ease back into it. You know what I mean? I mean, if if someone turned around at me now and said, "Write twelve songs," yeah, I'd I'd have a panic attack. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> mean? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure that could come about under pressure, but I kind of don't want that on. You know what I mean? I want I want to again. I'm just talking for me personally. You know what I mean, it, it would be really nice to write some stuff, but I'd want to, I'd. It's going to sound like a stupid thing to say. I'd want to want to write some stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? I'd want to go like... Because I'd want to do it justice. I'd want to do it properly. You know what I mean? I, want to do, I wouldn't want to do something kind of for the sake of doing it. I'd want to do it as a proper outlet. How the band used to be. That's how it started. That's what it was when we were going. You know what I mean? That was the, the driving thing behind it. And it's been a band that's fundamentally always been based on that level of honesty. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and doing it for the kind of... I won't say the right reasons because that's a song title, so that would sound unbelievably douchey. But, but yeah, for that for, for that reason, basically, yeah. We'll leave it on a douchey comment. Okay, thank you. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Robin. Thank Cheers, you. man. Thank, thank you. you.
gotta know that it's just reaction A quick contraction, a lot of traction and satisfaction But I hear a man once said One day you know you gotta be bones, boy But that'll be the end of it One day you know you gotta be bones Whoa, oh, oh, oh One day you know you gotta be bones, boy So don't make the most of it Until that day you gotta be Thank you to Robin for taking the time to talk to me. Don't worry, guys. If you're wondering, I did make my train. I had to sprint, but I made my train back to London. So all is good. Don't forget, follow Robin and the guys, Random Hand, on Twitter, at Random Hand UK, and see if they're going to do a show near you. And while you're at it, why don't you follow the podcast across all social medias, at Punks and Pubs. Please, fucking please, rate and review the podcast really it helps more than you can ever know it really really does help so please go do that if you use whatsapp send a link to your friend if you know they like punk scar hardcore rockabilly or, or whatever even if they like just two people talking shit you know might be their thing send them a link on whatsapp and let them make their own choice right we are nearing the end of the podcast so we know what that means it's when i hand over the podcast to you to play out the show but this week's a little different. I will be playing a member of the Punks and Pubs family's music. This week's music is coming from Stephen Burke. Thank you for audio assistance this week, Stephen. This guy is a one-man band. This is everything he's doing himself. So everything you will hear on this track is all Stephen. Stephen goes by the name of Headspacer. And this track is called Burnt Out. Until next time, if you're going to a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up. I will see you in a couple of weeks. I love you. Bye-bye. I'm strung out, keep falling into a state of agitation. Why do I keep thinking it'll be better if I start drinking? I'm struggling to find my way out of my dismay. I'm burnt out, I'm washed up, caught in a trap and I can't trust anyone I can't run, I can't hide, stuck in a state of self-destruction I'm burnt out, I'm washed up, caught in a trap and I can't trust anyone I can't run, I can't hide, stuck in a state of self-destruction Not sleeping, it's no use, cause shade is paranoia Why do I keep going, so sick of this frustration I'm struggling to find my way out of my dismay I'm burnt out, I'm washed up, caught in a trap and I can't trust anyone I can't run, I can't hide, stuck in a state of self-destruction I'm burnt out, I'm washed up, caught in a trap and I can't trust anyone I can't run, I can't hide, stuck in a state of self-destruction Are we free? You tell me Because I can't fucking breathe